house is clean, the beer is chilled, the music is loud, and there is a dance floor no matter how small. We're in our favorite fancy but comfy clothes. The cafecito is hot and some spicy chaya is ready to be poured. We're Jamie and Hannah and we're so happy you joined us. Welcome to This American Rice. This podcast is about convening around the table to enjoy food and build community, just like our ancestors have been doing for generations. Here, we use all of our senses to embrace the intersections of culture and identity in all their messiness, reclaiming our experiences as nourishment to push back against the echoes of manifest destiny. We share stories, practices, lessons learned, and recipes. Even our simplest of pleasures is subversive. We're going to digest together. And you're going to leave with food and seeds to plant. Come, sit, eat, feast on your life. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome to another episode of This American Rice with Jamie and Hannah. Our guest today is a very special person. She is, in fact, the other half of the Vegetation Podcast, and so none of this would be happening without her ass. This is my dear friend, Hannah Yerith Gomez Cordero Chen. Uh, Her pronouns are she, her, and ella. She is a strong community partner and philanthropist who loves giving money back to the people it belongs to. Since 2017, Hannah has been working as a grant maker, managing approximately $15 million in community investments, many in the area where she grew up, Solano County, California. For over 18 years, she has also been contributing to the fields of public health and health education. She is a trained sex and reproductive health educator and has experience utilizing the arts to educate youth about complex health topics like mental health, communication, and sexual health. During the pandemic, Hannah has been exploring what the concept of holistic care really means, especially for herself. She has even discovered that she is an aspiring curandera and community healer. She is now finding ways of practicing self-care and discovering her own magic. When she is not directly working in community or recording episodes of Vegetation, Meditation, and Community podcast, she is most likely having an impromptu dance party, planning a family adventure, watching makeup tutorials, or experimenting with houseplants and her mini food garden. Welcome, Hannah, to this Hi. American rice. It's so weird being on the other side. I just needed to get that out, but really happy that um, to be doing this. It just yes. feels so good. Yeah. Yes, yes. And I'm excited for everybody to learn a little bit more about you. Bye. Let's start off by talking about this recipe. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I was really trying to think about what, what recipe to share. And of course there are so many recipes that I grew up eating that my mom made or that were like family kind of tradition, traditional recipes. And I was really thinking that I was going to do something like that. And what I ended up doing or the recipe that I ended up sharing was, um, our version of chocolate chip cookies from our house. And they, I started making them during the pandemic Oh, hello, cookie. Cookie party day. Cookie cheers. (laughs) (laughs) And um, because my daughter is allergic to peanuts and eggs. And, you know, I was, I want, I wanted to make things. We were, you know, stuck at home during the pandemic and like people were making sourdough bread and all these things. And I was trying to find like the right kind of treat and something fun for us to make together. And I started playing around with recipes for cookies that were out there that she could eat. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I ended up 
kind of working off of the Betty Crocker recipe, but this one has applesauce and almond flour in addition to regular flour. And it is just a really good treat. And it's just so good. And I eat this and I'm like, I made this. So yes. I just wanted to share a little bit of sweetness and goodness. And it is hella easy to make. You get hella cookies and they're really chocolatey and they're really good to just share and to, to bring to a party or to share with other people. And you pretty much can't fuck it up. Oh, yes. 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 I have to say, like, um, I didn't know what to expect because this is a different kind of cookie than I've ever made. It has um, flour in it, like wheat flour in it, but it also has almond flour. This is my first time working with almond flour and not using an egg. I use the applesauce like oh. you use. And, um, and it's, I can't even notice the difference. Like I don't, there's in, in taste, I don't notice any difference. There is a difference in the texture of it, but like in like a really beautiful way, these cookies come out like just the right amount of crispy, like not like the kind of like harder ones that like you have to kind of crack open, but yeah. almost like there's just like a little bit of a tooth to it, like a crispy tooth to it. I wonder if you can hear it when I, when I break a cookie. Oh, I can kind of hear it. I wonder how my cookie sounds. Hold on. Let me play. Oh, my cookie didn't do it. <laughs> I thought I heard it. Or a little... There's oh, my... I, I saw it on the equalizer. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Um, mm. You can hear me crunching on it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I messed up the... Well, earlier on, I said, you can't really fuck it up. I have <laughs> fucked it up. And that's how we got to the ratio of like how much almond flour to use and regular flour. Mm. And the reason too why I like using almond flour is because with my daughter's nut allergies, even having that exposure to nuts can help to regulate it because she's not allergic to almonds, but it can help just bring on that exposure and keep her, um, yeah, exposed to nuts, which is supposed to help. So yeah, it's yeah. another layer of it. Yeah. Mm. Are you having a beverage with your cookies? You know what? I felt so pressed for time that I didn't make my tea. Uh, I just have water. Okay. But um, this is probably for the best because the only things I've eaten today are Honey Nut Cheerios and cookies. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Get your hydration on. Carbohydrate. <laughs> I'll support right. that. This, this is like not my everyday eating habits. This is more like my, you know, half a lifetime ago eating habits. College no. food. <laughs> I better hit that water. It's like the only healthy thing I'm eating right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's healthy to eat cookies, though. Yeah, I know. Mm -hmm. They're delicious. Food is medicine, girl. Mm -hmm. These cookies are going to be enjoyed by many people in this household, <laughs> um, most of whom are taking a nap right now or resting right now. Um, but what we're going to do, what I'm going to do with it is um, it, the dough was a lot softer than what I'm used to. And it's a really hot day um, and the oven was on. So I put it in the fridge and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to like make little cookie balls and freeze them for later nice. yep. so that we can like bake them off <clears throat> as we need them as needed. Take as needed. That is the yes. prescription for these cookies. <laughs> yes. Thank you for sharing this recipe with me. Of course. I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And my first question for you is, will you tell us about your name? Whatever oh. it is that you'd like to tell us about your name or your names. Okay. So my full name is Hannah um, Yadith Gomez Cordero Chen. And growing up, it was weird because my family is like hail Mexican. Like my parents um, grew up in, in different parts in Mexico or their families migrated from different parts of Mexico to Mexico City. And that's where they met. But in the Spanish language, as folks may know, the letter H doesn't make a sound like it, there's like not like a sound to it. It's generally silent. And so growing up, people would get a little bit confused on what my name was. It'd be like Ana. Juana, like, what is your name? And I'm like, no, it's Hannah. And in school, everybody, I mean, because I went to school here in the US and everybody was like, Hannah. And, you know, when you're a kid, you just don't correct it. And that's what it 
kind of, you know, growing up, some of my like most dearest friends in the entire world still call me Hannah and it's totally fine. It still feels like it's my name. I still identify with it. And it wasn't until I was in my very early twenties when I started working at the old job where you and I met where I think I was talking to somebody and they were like, well, what do your parents call you? Like, what is your name? I was like, they call me Hannah. And they're like, that's your name. And I'm like, oh yeah, that that's my name. And so then it just kind of stuck. And that's what I started going off of for my first name. Mm-hmm. And Yadith, I grew up um, with like this story that my dad would tell where I, I guess he saw it as a, like a clothing brand. I, I don't know. I've never seen this brand. I never Googled it. Maybe I should after this, but that um, it was a a children's clothing brand and that he really liked the name. And so then they decided to name me Hana Yadith. And then later on in my life, when I first met um, my husband, when we first started dating and the first time that he met my dad, he told him a story that he wanted to name me Hana Yadith because it was like a Jewish and like a Palestinian name and that he wanted to have something to create peace or like to have those two pieces fit together. Hmm. Uh, and that was the first time I'd ever heard it. And um, I, uh, I, I never really followed up with my dad about that. I just was really processing that and what that meant. And it brought some depth to my dad that I don't think I've ever had before. Mm. Um, yeah. And then Gomez is my dad's last name, my dad's like mom's name. And I don't know how I got it. Cause generally it's usually the mom's maiden name. And then Cordero is my, you know, my dad's last name. My, that's the last name that my family and I all share. And then Chen is my married name. Um, which is just so interesting to me to, um, to have, like such a different name from a very different culture and what that feels like. And, but it's important to me now because it unites my husband, my daughter and I yes. thing. And um, also I think I'll just say with the Yadith, uh, I would never hear that name mm-hmm. ever unless I was in trouble as a kid. Hana Yadith, <laughs> you know, but other than that, the never really been like a, part of me like I don't think I put it in my um like on my college applications it's not on like anything else yeah or I don't know it's like forgotten somewhere like it's probably on like the most important documents right quote unquote documents right but when it comes to like me and my identification of like who I am Mm -hmm. I just generally now identify as Hana Cordero Chen right yeah yeah I had no idea what your middle name was until like mm-hmm. last week. <laughs> We've been knowing each other for, yeah, I don't even know, long time. Yeah. Definitely more than a decade. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I, I've thought about it that I kind of wish I would have kept it when I did my name change. Mm. But uh, I, again, I think it's forgotten somewhere yeah. or it's somewhere. I don't know. Right. Uh, just because it's not on the government docs doesn't mean that it's left you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny about um, about only hearing it when you get in trouble. I wonder how that affects a kid. (laughs) Or maybe that's why I don't use it. Right, right, right. Right. No me regañen. Por favor, no me regañen. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. Oh man, yes. Thank you. Thank you for for helping us, walking us through all of that. I appreciate that. So we talked already a little bit about your dad's mom and, you know, the last names. Um, What else do you know about your ancestral lineage? Do you feel Mm. connection to those lineages? Let's talk about that if you can. Yeah. Uh, I think now more than ever, I do. I feel very connected uh, in um, I guess like an everyday kind of practices. And then I think now the more that I'm getting to know more about myself or making space to learn really more about like who I am and what I really want to do while I'm like here in in this lifetime or like this lifespan. Uh, 
but it's like in a different way because I've always known that I was like Mexican. Like we spoke, we spoke Spanish in the house. We traveled to Mexico. Like I know that that's like where my family was. And um, my mom, my mom is originally from the state of Mexico called Michoacan from like a small town called El Fortin. And her family migrated to Mexico City when she was only four years old. And recently I've started to hear more stories from some of my, uh, my older aunts or my older, yeah, my older aunts. And just when was it, maybe like a couple of weeks ago, cause she's actually visiting from Mexico City. They were talking about, they were reminiscing about what it was like to take the train ride when they left their home village to travel on a train to Mexico City, carrying their belongings in buckets. Wow. And not fully knowing where they were gonna go. And they were seven siblings and their parents. And of course, like they had family in Mexico City. Um, and when they the place where they lived, and I didn't know this until I was an adult, they were campesinos, like they worked the land and grew tomatoes and harvested tomatoes. My mom still says that she remembers being a baby and being out in the fields, like eating tomatoes, but she never shared that with me until like now it, we didn't grow. I think a lot of, um, I think shame is a word that comes to me right now, mm-hmm. where it's like a lot of the things you don't, you don't talk about being poor. You don't talk about the times where things maybe weren't perfect um, or, you, you, you keep it in, in your house, you know? And I even wonder like how my mom would feel of me telling these stories, but it's the truth and it's beautiful to me. And now it helps me understand of like, it helps me understand why I feel so connected to my tiny garden where I'm growing my carrots and my cucumbers and, you know, my strawberries and blueberries that don't bloom <laughs> and don't grow, <laughs> but it's like, I'm out there all the time. And I'm, yes. and now I'm realizing, oh, it's like, it's in me. Like there's something, there's curiosity, there's, um, a love for the land here. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's that part of the lineage that I've been learning about. And then my dad, his family, um, his mom is from Chiapas and her family is, um, primarily indigenous. Um, and I think he's mentioned that it's Chamula mm-hmm. and my grandfather um, was from, I think a place called, um, Mecca, Mecca or Mes- yeah, Mecca, Mecca in Mexico, like central Mexico and his grand, his parents. So my great grandparents were like, um, like first generation immigrants from Spain mm. in Mexico. So it's like a little bit of everything, um, but definitely indigenous and like some form of like mostly Spanish, um, uh, yeah, descendant, um, ancestry and growing up, we never talked about, you know, being indigenous or what those indigenous, um, roots are, are, Mm. and especially, um, we didn't talk about it until I did my ancestry. Uh, what is it called? Like the, like the little spit kits. (laughs) <laughs> and um like ancestry.com or something yeah ancestry.com um mm-hmm. my older brother got it for us when uh for christmas a couple of years ago and fi- you know when i got my results back it was just really interesting because i have a lot of in, you know an indigenous ancestry from um like that um yucatan peninsula mm-hmm. and like central america mm-hmm. and we never talked about that. Like, it was always like, oh yeah. Like I heard that our family had descendancy from Spain and from France and it's, you know, like centering that whiteness, centering um, what was supposed to be appropriate um, or I don't know, like powerful. And then there was so much shame around those other parts of where we came from. And now I just feel, I feel so much more connected to those sides of me. Um, and I'm really proud of it and I want to learn more about it. And I think mm. hence like my discovery of there's a curandera inside of me, there's a healer here and, um, giving her space to, to actually be, um, and to 
operate and to be free in, in I think, a society where, where this wasn't always safe for my ancestors. Mm. Yes. Yes. That sounds like another way to heal the lineage too. Yeah. Beautiful. As you've told us about uh, in the last, you know, couple of minutes, you are another child of immigrants. You know, I know that you also identify with that feeling of being Nidiaki, Nidiaya. So is there something that you can point to that really sums up your experience of being not from here nor there, being a person who's at the intersection of multiple cultures? Oh, goodness. I think one of the main things that comes to me uh, is language, right? And the way that we express ourselves with words. And growing up, Spanish was a primary language in the house. And I have so much yearning to be able to express myself um, emotionally and deeply, and especially about all of the topics that you and I talk a lot about in vegetation. And when we're talking about centering the self, exposing the self, the discoveries of how we self-care. And it's really hard because I speak Spanish and I'm fluent and I can, and I can do like in the moment interpretation, like I can translate, I can do all of these things but I cannot express myself in that way. I do not have the vocabulary to do that. And even to do that interpretation that, you know, the translation, like I need a warm up. I need, um, like I, I, I need to prepare and, and, and it's like, oh my gosh, I like have this, this yearning and I can't act like I can't have full access to it. And then when I go to Mexico and I am around my Mexican family, right? Los Mexicanos, Mm. it's communication on a whole nother level that I am like, I do not know the, um, the slang. I don't, um, I don't know the gestures. I don't know this other thing like this, like these other parts. And then even here, and then, you know, it's like, I'm here. And I'm like, I'm, I speak English, I'm fluent in English and, you know, it's, but I still don't feel it. I don't know if that makes sense where I am not here to assimilate. I don't want to, like, that's not, I'm not about that. And I still, I, I, I feel a pull and tugs and I don't feel alone in this space. I, I don't at all. And I don't know if it's because I've, I've been lucky enough to, have really close friends and people whom I love and who I know love me also share similar experiences with this. Um, but it's like, always like, I don't fully know. Yes. 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 I'm one of those people who shares this experience with you. I, I totally understand. It's such a, it's such a, um, challenging place to be, you know, um, but also a place of possibility of, I mean, just sort of reclaiming yourself as somebody who is not like the norm in any way, you know, yeah. sort of that question of how do we embrace while what without spiritually bypassing it? Yeah. Um, and thank you for saying that, because I think one of the one of the examples of that mm-hmm. is um, I use the word chingona a lot. Or like a lot of like my Latine, Latinx folks sometimes identify like, oh yeah, chingona, like, come on, like, let's get that chingona energy. And it means like to, to disrupt systems. It means to keep going and to feel powerful and to, to be out here, like doing your best. And when I've tried to use that word with my mom, she's very much like, you don't like chingona something you don't want to be, you know, and just... And so that there is that space to create better possibilities and to um, explore self in a, in, in a different, more powerful way, I think. Yes. Yes. Love it. Love it. <sighs> so we talked a little bit about food earlier. Um, and I am just wondering if you would share with us a personal food story. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I've been having so many learnings, um, having my aunt here. Mm. And one of the things that came up was, um, every time we go to Mexico, um, or sometimes like my mom will tell me that she talks to her siblings, um, on Thursdays, or they either talk like on, like on the weekend mornings or Thursdays and like the evening, or like if it's somebody's birthday on a Thursday, like they're on the phone. Well, it turns out that for like the past, like what, like 46 years, my mom's siblings and now like all of the cousins and whatever, whomever, right. Family, they all know that they can all go to my aunt's house on Thursdays for dinner. There's no question about it. It's a family dinner every Thursday and she'll cook. And she, and she was telling me about, she goes, I make soup. I make a guisado. So like a main dish, I make this, I make that. And she goes, I don't get tired. She goes, I want to cook for my family. And she goes, when they have family vacations and they can't come visit, she goes, it makes me sad. It makes me miss them. She goes, but I know that they need to go, but it's been 46 years. And it turns out that um, this is actually even a longer standing tradition that my grandma used to have Thursday night dinners for her kids and that she would make um, um, caldo de pollo, which is just like a simple chicken soup, right? Mm. But the way, like the look on the face when my aunt was like, it was just so delicious. I was like, oh my God, I need that recipe. Like I need to yes. make this chicken soup with my family. Yeah. And so they've been doing this for probably like 60 years, or I don't even know for how long. Wow. And now I want to incorporate Thursday night dinners in my, in my life with my family. Um, and then it's like, I had some thoughts of like, oh, but what if there's a work dinner? What if there's a work event? What if I'm working like, it's like, are you kidding? Are you kidding? Like, no, this could be like a standing this is like a standing item. Like this is what matters. And, um, just really thinking about traditions and the work that you and I are doing here where we live super far apart from each other. We can't just like drive to each other's houses. Um, and I think about other friends that I have like that too, but that we can share a similar recipe and convene and just talk and get to know each other better. Yeah. There's something pretty magical about that. Yes. Oh, you're so right. Oh, so much richness out of one food story. It's this is making me think about um, the day that we launched the vegetation, the first vegetation podcast episode, and we're too far apart to come together. So we just, you know, got our food together and we all sat around and had lunch via Zoom with our families and just on mute, just ate our food and listened to the podcast at the yep. same time. You yeah. know, we make it work. We make it work. But what, what a blessing, what a gift to have your aunt here to tell you about this, to learn about this tradition. And, you know, as you were talking about these, you know, Thursday phone calls and dinners, you know, it just immediately brought me back to my mental picture that you gave me of your mom and all of her siblings and her parents making their way to this new place to to make a living to be able to stay together and have a have you know the family the way they want it to be yeah you know that this tradition i mean how rich how full you know um how beautiful that you know, you want to continue that on. Um, and, you know, it sort of dovetails beautifully with my next question, which is all about practices that are mm. self-connecting, life-affirming, universe slash God slash spirit slash source connecting. What what practices can you think of that that you bring into your life and, and even the lives of the people around you for that self-connection. Yeah. Man, I think if you would have asked me or if this, yeah, if this would have been asked of me like a couple of years ago, I think it would have been a lot different. Mm -hmm. I think now I'm really learning to value my time alone. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it comes from um, learning about human design in the past couple of years yeah. and learning about my, uh, my human design type. I'm a projector. And today you reminded me, I am a, a mother of a projector. Yeah. And it's just a different use of energy if folks, you know, choose to believe in it. But uh, so for me, I think some of the, the practices that have really been helpful um, recently are really looking at how to, how to truly believe that even like take, taking a shower or taking a bath, like even that in itself can be a ritual if mm-hmm. I am present with myself. And I've been really incorporating salt like uh, Epsom salts and Himalayan salts and doing salt scrubs, salt baths. And I, I really do believe, and when I'm doing it, I am really trying to get toxins. I'm trying to get things to come out and come to the surface and come out. And, um, and I, from our conversations, something that you've taught me, right, is to not approach our shadows and our darknesses or to not be trying to get rid of our fears, but how do you welcome in the fears? So it's like, if I'm doing this, this conscious thing of going in somewhere to like cleanse stuff out or like have things come out to the surface so that I can better understand what's going on with myself, but how do I invite it in so that we can talk? I'm not kicking it out or saying like, get the fuck out of my life, but it's like, I can embrace that darkness and that light all together, but I have to be okay with myself. And I don't think I've ever fully realized that until the last, you know, couple of years and, um, really been appreciating myself more and really seeing, um, like not looking for that energy outside of myself or like those external motivations or like that external, like, Oh, spirit. But it's like, well, I, I am, if I'm connected to this earth, if I'm connected to the soil, if I'm connected to all of these things, well, then I am that. Uh And I am that wisdom Uh and I am that strength. I am that light. I am that darkness and being open to, to receiving that. I'm being open to listen to it. So I think that, and then it's like, yeah, those moments of spirituality and then also embracing like the other parts of me, like that. I, I want to listen to like music all the time and not appropriate music or like just whatever the fuck I want to listen to, or, you know, I want to buy beautiful clothes. I want to like learn about makeup and aesthetic and I want to curate like a beautiful home. Um, and really being able to like have moments of like, of thinking in solitude about, well, what does that mean for me? What does it really mean, um, to live in a beautiful space? What does it mean like for, to me and what do I really want? Um, so I think all of just those practices and I think part of it too, um, you reminded me today again, um, the collaging that I love to do, the journaling yes. that I love to do. Um, I think those are some of the the big things and I can share some pictures with, with folks of just what it, what it looks like and what it means to me when I talk about collaging and uh, putting intention, like utilizing art and image into beginning that manifestation process to what I want to invite into my life. Yes, yes, yes. Using art as like both uh, an expression a release and a tool for the next steps like yeah yeah. i love what you do with collage beautiful yes and i'm gonna i'm gonna just tag a little sub question onto this how do you know when you are connecting to the self Mm. what does it feel like how do you how do you recognize that it's happening what do you think um (laughs) I'm, I'm just realizing like when, um, it's easy and it's not a struggle mm. and, um, I'm not feeling bitterness. Yeah. Um, and that's part of like, and it didn't make sense to me again until recently, um, yeah. the, uh, 
there are a lot of times where I can feel and I could I could taste that bitterness like in my in my throat and just in my person and it was debilitating. And it's like, well, why isn't this happening right now? Why can't I just have time to do this? Why don't I have time to work out? Oh my God, my job is just so overwhelming. F this and F that. And I can't believe I got to do this. And I got COVID. What the hell? And I'm realizing like, I don't like, you just have to show up. Like there's times where I don't have to do anything. I could just, I can just like show up and imagine that. Yeah. And I didn't know that because of, you know, I think one of the things that folks may, may share if they're like first generation or like they have family who are like, well, I don't know. I don't want to just say that it's from children of immigrants because it's not, I think it's a, it's a very much shared experience for a lot of folks, but it's like, you're taught to hustle and you're taught that like, if you want that American dream, if you want that house, if you want that car, you better go out and you better work your ass. You better hustle. What is it? Rise and grind y'all. You gotta do it. And I think for a long time I I was on that tip and I I was like, well, if I'm not busy all the time, then I'm not going to be able to have what I want. Mm. And now I'm like, no, there's, there's ease to it. You don't have to force it and it doesn't have to, um, it can feel good to have what you want. Yes. You can invite it in. You can invite it in. Yes. Yes. Yes, I still struggle with that feeling that um, if I'm not working really, really hard, then what I'm doing is not worthy. Oh, yeah. You know, and that I am not worthy of the gifts that you receive from work, right? And we're really talking about money here. I'm not worthy of this money (laughs) if I'm not rising and grinding. Like. Mm Let's just rise and grind some coffee and then take a seat <laughs> and sip some coffee. And, you know, and it's like we do, but we, there is a level of like work that is involved and, yeah. you know, putting yourself out there. And, but there is a, 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 a balance. I don't know if it exists, but there there is a juggle. There is, there's another part of it there. Yeah. There's another aspect. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so interesting to me that that feeling of self-connection for you is ease. And that sense of ease is something that is really pushed away in dominant culture when it comes to, oh, for sure. um, you know, doing your work in this world. For sure. Yeah. And just that feeling that you have to earn it, you know earning ease beautiful okay so we've talked about the ways that you like to self or that you self-connect your life-affirming practices what are some barriers to self-connection that you can identify oh my goodness um i'm a i'm a caregiver i have a daughter um i have a full-time 40 plus hour a week job. I have a career. Um, I am also doing this amazing work of um, being a co-creator and co-host of of a podcast and working with you on Theravada yoga. Um, And sometimes it just seems like there is very limited time or for myself, right? Um, and it's like, how do you, how do you balance all of this out? How do you, um, how can I really going back to like, how can I be the owner of my life? Mm. How can I dictate where my energy goes when there is so many, what sometimes it feels to me like there are just so many people and so many projects and so many things that are requiring my attention hundreds of emails, like a ton of different projects and, um, a four-year-old daughter who, who wishes that I was with her full-time, you know, along with, with, with her, with her dad. Um, and it just, it, it just gets really challenging. I think a lot of that time. And then I think the big part of it for me too, is that I grew up like the, the models and examples of other women, in my life 
who were like the closest women to me, I always felt like they had, or I heard them talk about losing their identity and that they were a mom and that they had to work and they didn't do a lot of fun stuff. Like, like, or, you know, you get, you get disconnected from the things that make you happy. And I know that I, I get there a lot and I, and I could feel it when I do. Um, and just not having a lot of good examples of chingon. Like, I mean, I had hardworking and like really empowered women, but they struggled and they had to leave themselves behind or put themselves on the, on the back burner. And so this whole concept of like putting on your mask first before you put on the mask for somebody else, um, it, it, it makes sense to me now when I think before I never, I never truly bought into that. And I'm like, no, you got, you got to take care of other people. I'll be fine. Mm. Be good. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're not alone. It's a, it's a constant um, journey to learn how to take care of the self first because it's a big push against dominant culture. Again, taking care of the self taking time yeah. for yourself. I'd like to add to this question also. Um, have you identified or can you talk a little bit about the dones that you have identified in yourself, mm-hmm. the, the work that you that you love to do, that you do well and eat with ease, um, what you're here on this earth to do, your dharma? Mm. What do you think? Earl, um, I am here to be a connector. I am here to bring people together. I am here to help people build networks. I am here to help people understand that they don't have to do things alone and to find ease in their, in their life. And I think a lot of it for me right now really plays out with, with my day job. And, um, you know, a lot of the work that I do is, um, working on getting dollars and, um, investments back into communities and not like, I don't know, you'll hear like most like high need communities are marginalized, but no, it's like communities who have been purposely left out of systems and institutions to suffer the most health disparities um, in in our current um, systems. And I want to help leverage as many resources and dollars to get to bring that money back into those communities where they belong. And so um, I, I I think I'm pretty good at like when I hear like people are working on certain projects and it's like, oh, so-and-so is doing that too. Let's bring them together. Mm-hmm. Or really making, uh, it, it, it making connections across even, um, or like finding those intersections from different worlds and different people who may not have been connected before, but finding a way to be like that warm handoff and helping people understand how they can work together um, and do the most with their, whether it's like investments, their time, their um, company dollar or whatever it may be. Uh, but that's, that's what I like to do. And I like to facilitate meetings across uh, for different people who come from all different backgrounds or industries to really come together and help people understand the common like common goals that they may have and how we may all have those common goals but we have our different dones to get us there or different callings to get us there yes yes love this and um i'm going to take this another step further so we've talked about your dones your dharma We've talked about your barriers to self-connection and we've talked about your practices for self-connection. Can you tell me how your self-connection and self-care practices help you to do your work in this world Mm. despite the barriers? Oh my goodness. We, We are definitely in a space where we, and I mean, just women and people of color, um, LGBTQ plus folks, and all of the intersections of all of those things, right? Of all of those 
identities and cultures. Um, we have been made to feel unworthy and we are being told to like, we are not worthy and that we are less than, right? And that we need to compromise ourselves or compromise on our spirit, compromise on our needs and wants and our true selves to fit in, to get to that, um, I don't know, to have full access to the wealth, right? Or whatever, the lies that capitalism tells us. Mm. And I think, and for me, going back to those practices of solitude, like the time that I get to spend alone by myself and really identify what, um, what, what art means to me and letting myself be inspired, um, by, I don't know, whatever it may be. It could be words. It could be images. It could be watching somebody love on somebody else and letting myself feel it and letting myself be connected. It allows me to understand that all of that is like farce, like all of that. It, it, none of that is real. Like the, the, the barriers and, um, I don't know, um, that push to, to hustle the, all of those other pushes to hate on myself. Like that is not real. There is another choice. Um, and I think also when I talk about being my, by myself, like, I know I'm not by myself. Like I am surrounded by ancestors. I'm surrounded by your ancestors and Chester and my husband, Chester's ancestors. And all of these people, like all of this spirit and energy is here to help guide us and to remind us that we are so much bigger and so much more connected than our current institutions and systems really uh, will let us know. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Well, Let's take this maybe a step further. Let's see. What has your experience with your lineage, your community, with food, with your self-affirming practices, with your dones, what has all of this coming together, mm -hmm. swirling all together, what has this taught you? What delicious cookie has this made? <laughs> um, Life is supposed to be beautiful and that it's going to be chaos. There's going to, unfortunately, there is like shitty legislation, shitty things happening. There is war. There is, there is just so much chaos and desperation, mm -hmm. but that is not solely what this is. Oh, there is beauty and there is light. And there are other, there, um, there's, there's joy and it all can, it, it's all going to come together. It's, <clears throat> I think I, I wanted to, to believe, um, like my goal is to be happy. Like that is my goal in my life is I will be happy. And then when <laughs> I'm happy, everything will be perfect because I'm happy. And I think now, um, I just want, uh, what it's, what all of this stuff has taught me is just allow yourself to feel what you feel mm. and make space for it mm. and be here for it. Yeah. And th the goal is not to be happy. The goal is just, just, just be and feel it out. And, and I know right now I'm speaking, I think from a place of privilege and I, and I hear it and I, and I know it but this is from my experience. And um, I also did not always have this experience or this privilege in my life. Um, but um, I, I wanna believe that light and dark can coexist. Yes. Well, how about this? What do you think your life would have been like if you were 
you know, more connected to your ancestors and your personal power from jump, from the very beginning? What if you never lost or you never had covered up that connection mm -hmm. from when you were a baby? My goodness. <clears throat> Oh man, um, I, I think I would have always remembered that I am loved or that I like loved myself because there were so many times in my life that because I think I had like this expectation of perfection or because I thought that I had to be everything for my parents and that I had to be everything for my friends and be everything that my teachers expected. And then I didn't look like the people on TV and magazines and all this, you know, all these other spaces. And so I, I, I don't, I, I would have, I hope that if I would have had this connection earlier, I would have just accepted who I was instead of trying to fit into some other people's molds or other people's, I, the ideals that I thought people had for me. And I don't even know if they do. I don't know what my parents really want for me. I don't think that they really, really want anything specific, but I, I was operating with this thing of like being a good kid. Don't call me a thief. Like, I just want to stay under the radar and be invisible and not get in trouble. Right. And I think that if I would have had the connection that I have now and trusted that I, um, and being guided by my ancestors and really have like love and supportive spirit all around me. Um, I think I would have been a little braver and just doing the things that made me happy and understand a little bit more about like um, what I would have been like as an artist, mm. how I would have expressed myself. Um, yeah, so learn, I, I think I would have been better at self-expression um, and just being okay with whatever showed up instead of trying to change it and mute it to make other people comfortable. Mm. Yeah. But who knows? Who knows? <sighs> Gosh. Wow. What do you hope... Um... What do you hope for your kiddo or for future generations in this, in this mm. like field of connection, staying connected to that self and to that, you know, that power? Oh, what a good question. I, I just want them to know that like they, that there is like a purpose for them being here and that they can be contributors to this world and from whatever space or place that they are and that they don't just have to be, I don't know, like president or that they don't have to have like some awesome, important job to be an influencer or to do the right thing. But that they can create beauty in their life from wherever they are mm. and um and understand the impact that they have on other people and other things and other living things yeah um and that they have the power to do good they have the power you know ignoring is a choice and what does it mean when you ignore that your that your plants need water mm -hmm. what happens if you do that and what happens if you really do engage with them and you start paying attention to when the plants need water, like those types of things. But, but I mean that in terms of also helping her and I'm speaking for like my, the child that I have right now, having her realize, what do you need? Listen to your body. What is your body telling you? Okay. So you're reacting this way, but where is it coming from? What do you really need? Are you thirsty? Are you, what does it feel like when you're tired? This right here, that's what it feels like when you're tired and helping her like identify those things within herself and in other living things so that there can be the self-awareness to hopefully hold on to those, to that self-preservation and those self-practices that capitalism and colonialism and all of these 
institutions are going to try to take from them. Especially yeah. my daughter, she's she's Mexican and Chinese, and she identifies well right now. She identifies as a girl. Um, so how to how to hold on to those things for her? Yes, yes, yes. Gosh, and listeners, listener community, all of this applies to you too. Yeah, it does. It this does. is oh. babies, teenagers. Adults, grown ass people, elders, you know. And it's never yeah. too late to start yeah. to listen in. And it doesn't, like, we don't have to do it for a long time, even if it's just for a minute. Yes. And if, even if the answer is, I don't know, but you've listened. Yes. And tomorrow, I'll do it for two minutes or and something. We're all here on purpose, you know? Even if you never figure out what your dones are, what if, even yeah. if you don't, you know, know your dharma, you're here, you're doing it. You are. Last question. What kind of elder or ancestor do you want to be? Oh, wow. Well, I think for elder, I want to be a listener. I want people to know, especially, um, well, anybody I, I want, I want to create a space of just like non-judgment mm -hmm. of you are going through hardship. You need to talk things out, or you just need to like vent and like process. I, I am here for it. Um, I also want to be able to, um, take like family on adventures and it doesn't have to be like fancy adventures but just like have an adventure go somewhere go to a nice like go to experience meals together and talk over food um treat yourself you know cafecito going out to like have coffee outside like they come out like people come over and I'm like let's go outside in the patio and have a cup of coffee tell me what's going on and that I really care I, you know, I, I want, I want to set up that type of vibe. And I think in terms of like ancestor, I, I want to give the, that, that like belief in future generations that even during the times when humanity seems the most fucked up, don't give up on it. And don't give up on yourself and like what you, how you can like that self-preservation, like don't, don't give up on it. Like you're here. We're all here. Like, just, just don't give up. And you got this. Like, I want to be the porrista, like the cheerleader of like, you got this. We, like we, we got like, take a breather, take a breather, go rest, go pray, go meditate, whatever you need to do. Let's, but, 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 but we're here. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ah, oh, wow. Well, it's been an absolute joy hearing all of this. Oh my God, I talked for a long time. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you for thinking so deeply. I threw some curveballs at you and you just, you just handled it handled it <laughs> thank you for the questions and the creating just such a beautiful space today jamie i really appreciate you and um to all of the listeners that are out here i i really appreciate you too because you're part of this you are yes. all each and every one of you is is part of this space yes 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 so thank you for us you're here with us Yep. No matter For when real. it is that you access this, we're in community. Yep. Yep, we are. Thank you again. And we close out this space. Um, just, I don't know. I, uh, usually, like, I feel like heart beating really fast or uncomfortable or like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. And right now, I just feel okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, we hope that 
You all take this chill vibe into whatever you're doing next, remembering that self-connection, connection to whatever is spirit or source can just sometimes feel like absolute ease. And we can look for those moments, take our cues, take note of when it's happening, what we were doing just before, what we're about to do next. And just try and notice those patterns in our lives. Definitely. We'll see you. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Thank you for spending time with us. We hope you feel called to keep the conversation going with the people in your life. And we'd love to stay connected with you too. Head to our website, TheravadaYoga.com, to find more info on this episode and to let us hear what you have to say. And check out our other offerings to foster nourishing community, wellness, and self-sovereignty. Take good care. Much love.